Welcome to Longevity Deal Talk. We've got lots to talk about in this edition. This episode is made possible by support from the What's Next Longevity Venture Summit coming in June. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Mary Furlong. Hi, Mary. Hi, Fred. We have plenty to do today. We sure do. We want to get things started with the latest from Techstars. We had a chance to tune into the demo day held by Techstars and Pivotal Ventures, and we are very happy to have with us first Keith Kamhai, Managing Director of the Techstars Future of Longevity Accelerator. Hi, Keith. Hey, Fred. Hi, Mary. Great to be with you. So great to see you, Keith, and congratulations on all you've done in such a short period of time. Why don't you start with a little background on Techstars and the Future of Longevity Accelerator? Oh, terrific. Yeah, no, I'd love to. Um, and yeah, I guess I'll, I'll start broadly with Techstars first and then dig into this particular program. Um, Techstars at the highest level, it's the, we, you know, we consider ourselves the worldwide network to help entrepreneurs succeed and fundamentally inspired by the belief that entrepreneurs create a better future. And when you're looking at problems like we have in the longevity category, there's a lot of reason uh, to be hopeful that entrepreneurs will come up with important solutions for us. Uh, but we were founded on the premise that starting a company is also hard and risky, and there are a lot more ways to fail than succeed. And so that's where we come in. We, we found that by supporting promising young companies at their earliest stages with both capital and mentorship from people who've been through the drill before, we can help them avoid some of the most common mistakes and help them get to a success much more quickly and, and avoid the you know, major roadblocks that they might encounter. And so it's, uh, we, we run 46 accelerator programs around the world. Each one provides pre-seed funding um, and three months of intensive mentorship to 10 to 12 startups a year. And collectively, you know, the, the metrics on, you know, we've had 2,700 companies go through our programs with, they've gone on to raise $20 billion in funding with a market cap of over $70 billion and a lot of unicorns. Um, and so the Techstars platform is kind of globally proven. What we're doing in longevity, though, is uh, we've gotten, <laughs> we have the pleasure of running this program in partnership with Melinda French Gates's fund, Pivotal Ventures. And we're focused on the unmet needs of older adults and their caregivers. And so that includes our, our six themes for the program, our caregiver support, care coordination, aging in place, financial wellness, preventive health, and social engagement. And so we just finished up year two, and we're looking forward to year three. Now, they were fortunate, well, fortunate to get Melinda to come and participate in this and great resources. A lot of the Techstars um, a lot of the Techstars incubators have corporate sponsors, right, of different kinds. So Melinda had a particular interest in caregiving. So tell us about your background, because they recruited an all-star. I think you're kind of Steve Curry of uh, incubators here. But that's a California bias, I guess. But yeah. they got the dean of entrepreneurship, I would say. Keith, tell us how you related to Techstars before and then why you decided to take a more hands-on role here. Yeah, so this is exciting for me when when, uh, when when yeah when Melinda French Gates gets involved and Pivotal gets involved, it creates an awfully special accelerator experience. And we work with partners, and about two thirds of our programs have uh, themes. Uh, other ones are just sort of horizontal city programs. Uh, but th this is a this is a special one. I guess um, you know most broadly, my background was that I had success serving older adults as an entrepreneurial. Uh, early in my career with my own companies, and now I have the greatest platform in the world to help others do exactly that. And 
Um, I, I guess to back up a little bit, I'm a techie by training, and I worked briefly in industry after uh, after grad school before answering my calling shortly thereafter in my 20s to become an entrepreneur. And uh, my first company, which was the one that has sort of the longevity theme before that was a major focus in industry, was um, called FitLinks. And we created computerized interactive trainers attached to fitness equipment and um, went on to raise over $50 million in venture capital for it. But our primary market was beginning exercisers and older adults. And so it was sort of the first fist, the first what you call fitness tech and the first longevity economy play in the category before either term had been coined. So we didn't know that back then that we'd have a category to uh, call on. But um, we ended up, that one ended up merging with the folks who put the sensor in the Nike sneaker and exited to a healthcare company. Um, but then my second company was focused on uh, child motor skill development and rolled out as a franchise. But maybe uh, seven, eight years ago, I started advising entrepreneurs and angel investing and then joined Techstars four years ago in a management capacity. So I was overseeing our worldwide accelerator business, having all those accelerators were reporting up to me uh, globally. But then uh, when the opportunity came along to work with Pivotal in a category that I care deeply about, both because of my business experience and also my personal experience that we all face with uh, parents, in-laws and so forth, um, I chose to, uh, I got the opportunity to leave the dean's office and go to the classroom. And it's just been extraordinary to be hands-on uh, sourcing and, and supporting these uh, incredible founders who are working on this all-important category that you focus on all the time. Well, and I, of course, really appreciate this because like you, I'm a serial entrepreneur and Melinda was involved with our second company, Third Age, Third Age Media, and we were able to um, tap into her talent on branding and other things. So great to have her interest, also her leadership with women and um, her excitement about the category of technology as it relates to caregiving. So talk about the current class of companies. Yeah, so so the the class has been has been uh, very very special, and and they just uh, so so we we just wrapped up we wrapped up um, uh, la just last week, and in what we call a demo day, and, and to your point, it doesn't get much better than having Melinda uh, Melinda French Gates kick things off with her rationale for investing in the category and in the program, and, and kind of validating this is an investable category. After you know a couple of years back, it was much harder to come across venture funding for this, and it, it's uh, the upward trajectory. And the I think we've gone from a headwind to a bit of a tailwind almost in, in the category. Um, and the demo day itself, which I appreciate your joining, uh, was, was sort of the uh, final pitch event for the companies, and it was a celebration of the milestone of finishing up, and got, gave them the opportunity to get in front of prospective partners, investors, customers, and so on um, to uh, take a look. And that we clustered our, we have 10 companies in the program. We clustered them broadly into four groups for the purposes of pitching. They're all kind of working on individual things, but we had uh, hardware companies, wellness, marketplaces, and caregiving support and coordination. And so uh, I'll just give you one quick phrase on each one, just so you get a flavor for what the companies were. And there's much more information out there uh, for anyone who wants to dig into any of these. But in the hardware space, we have, Abby building affordable high-tech wheelchairs um, that, that's disrupting that category that's been uh, unattainable for too many people who don't have great insurance or can pay a lot out of pocket. Um, Wave is creating smart cushioning uh, to help prevent bed sores, which is a massive health and, and expense 
problem. Bright is implementing some cutting edge science out of uh, MIT on 40 hertz light therapy that might actually help in Alzheimer's prevention, early days of that, but there's some promising research. Um, and then in the wellness space, we had two great fitness tech companies. So that's near and dear to my heart, uh, given my, my own background in the fitness tech space. But my FitPod is helping independent fit pros run their local businesses in support of primarily older adult audiences. And then Vivo is uh, implementing a new scientific, uh, scientifically backed strength training program for older adults in small group online classes with a lot of support out of uh, Duke University for research on, on that program. Um, our two marketplaces were Sadon, who is making Medicare plan selection simpler with Ask Claire. That's one of the uh, most troubling <laughs> marketplaces to search. It's so, you know, you have hundreds of uh, options to choose from and very difficult to figure out where to turn for help. And then Better Co-Living is creating a uh, platform for matching older adults to um, uh, share, share homes to help age in place, both the expense and the loneliness issues that become so challenging for those who wanna uh, age in place. And then our final cluster in the caregiving and coordination category uh, included Health Hive that's supporting care coordination among clinicians and families. OndiCare is rolling out a marketplace uh, for on-demand caregiving. And Kanumi is a uh, concierge service that's, uh, that goes through employers, so B2B pay um, on behalf of uh, employees who are dealing with uh, uh, all, all manner of issue for their uh, older um, loved ones. And, and so collectively, the category, uh, any one of these solutions would be material in um, uh, uh, you know, moving forward the category overall. Keith, tell us a, a little bit about the selection process, how you how you attract these companies and what you do with them leading up to the demo day. Yeah, so we, um, so, so we start applications months before the program begins. And, and so we'd start getting the word out and that, that, you know, that, that'll be coming up for the next class uh, soon. And then th and through that process, we're trying to get, you know, just sort of get the word out to people who might be interested in the category and, and in it, that might be at the accelerator stage. And then we go through a series of uh, interviews. Uh, we, we read their applications and interview top candidates with, with a multi-step process to get them through to ultimately what will be a screening committee and a selection process. And then they go through a little bit of due diligence and ultimately get into the program. So it's a uh, rigorous and competitive process to get in. Um, but we, we look for great teams, first and foremost, um, and then working in big markets. And, and then the... The idea and the traction are also on the list of things we look for, but they're they're less critical at this early stage because we find that great teams working on big markets can pivot their idea a bit with mentorship. So we don't worry that the idea is necessarily spot on right at the application stage. That becomes much more important for your you know seed and Series A rounds. But at our early stage, we'll back teams. Well, you know, we are going to be having our venture summit in June, so we'd love to see some of these companies apply. And in listening to their pitches, they are covering big markets. That, um, you know, you look at the market of care coordination, you look at the market of Medicare exchange, you know, these are, and Vivio, we've known for a long time, and so we're very excited to see them come through the program and your mentors are quite good. So you have, you're really building an ecosystem because now they will have to go out and do deals and you will be helping them find some of those partners, right? 
Absolutely, yeah. So, so between the, uh, the the people who are now surrounding this program directly, and then the TechStars platform broadly, um, the opportunity to connect with the global network, but both in the vertical and then horizontally for all people interested in all manner of, of early stage companies, is uh, an extraordinary feature of being part of a network like like TechStars, as opposed to a um, you know, a, it, there are a lot of independent accelerators that can be terrific as well. But the, the TechStars gets that co combination of this sort of who's who in any category we go into, plus the broad global horizontal of, of in, everyone interested in early stage. So it's, uh, yeah, if I did another startup, I'd take it back through TechStars, even though I know the content of how to start a startup, the access to that network and that in that focused way in the mentorship is, is truly extraordinary. That's what brought me here. That's, that's what moved me from doing this independently to doing it on this platform. And I've always been a fan of thesis-based incubators because you have to understand all the channels. It's very exciting to know all the players, but home care is different than senior housing that's different than an online play. And you have access to a lot of those relationships through your group. <clears throat> well, and that's and, and that's part of the beauty of uh, of uh, having Pivotal involved as well. This mentor base that we've put together, and, and that, that's really our secret sauce. Like we we do this as a platform, but the secret sauce of any given program are the mentors who surround the program, because you know startup education is widely available. You can go see that online. It's there there are classes for that, but it's the curated mentorship surrounding your company and your particular startup needs that gets so important. So we have. 100 mentors who volunteer time in, in this program to work individually with companies. And each of the companies ended up with five or six lead mentors just working with them in particular out of, a, of this massive speed dating effort we do at the front where, where there are 100, literally 120 minute meetings to get little tidbits of information from the whole mentor base and then a pairing process to get to work with a handful of the mentors throughout the journey in the program. And it is uh, incredibly powerful for helping them see what might uh, come next for them in the category, making connections, mistake avoidance, and so forth. So it's, um, it, it's yeah, it's, it's powerful. I, I, I enjoy being part of it. And we've had the luxury of some amazing people uh, volunteer their time to work with us. Like Carrie Shaw, who uh, was one of our winners. So well, I was going to say, uh, Keith, I think you've whet the appetite of a lot of people watching or, or listening to this. So tell us about the Techstars calendar for this year and how people might be able to get involved, startups. Yeah, so probably the, the best way to just track us with the calendar is, uh, is we, we keep an active LinkedIn page, the Techstars Future Longevity LinkedIn page. You can find us there and, and uh, you can go see our website. On, on We have a Future of Longevity page within the Techstars website. So you can find us there as well. Um, but we'll, we'll keep posting announcements on uh, application opening dates and such through through both of those platforms. And also we run some educational events with our um, with panelists who've been mentors, whether on uh, investor panels or so forth um, that, that relate to the accelerator in particular. So you can track that there. What we're expecting is that applications will open later this summer for the program that will uh, take place, um, uh, you know, in similar time frame next year. Um, uh, or this yeah, late, early next year or late this year. Uh, so similar uh, uh, time frame. Is it too soon to talk about any deals uh, going on as a result of this past demo day? Well, so, well, demo day was last week. So, so anyone who met them by then wouldn't already be in deal stage, but the, what's happening though is extraordinary. So 
the there were actually deals done during the accelerator, which is you know kind of surprising and fast. Um, so, so there were uh, folks who came in by way of uh, mentorship, even who said, "I'm so excited about what I'm seeing here. I'd like to pre-invest in your next round." So, so they uh, they so a few companies got investment right during program, um, and then what's happening coming out of Demo Day is. Um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see it. We'll see it when it happens. But the trajectory, even just compared to same time last year, is that we we have already in the in, within the week following demo day, we've had over two and a half times as many views of that event. And so there were the there was a fifty percent growth in live participation in demo day itself. And so you you were there and you saw the you know the, the chat going on with that. And then subsequently, we've had thousands of views of the YouTube recording of it. So that's anyone can uh, Google, you know, future of longevity demo day and, and see the, the YouTube recording of it. And, and it's, uh, you know, an hour long, you can see the pictures from all the companies. But the, I, I think it just speaks to the um, uh, traction of the category. And again, moving from some headwinds to tailwinds, uh, you know, in no small part due to all the effort that you've made over the years, putting this on the map, but it's uh, it's an exciting time to be in the category and to um, uh, be coming out of an accelerator program like this to, to get some attention. Well, we'll push people to watch that on YouTube. It's so great when you can see these things after, I think. And also there was one question about, will you take global applicants? So, so our focus uh, with Pivotal sponsorship is to focus on the caregiving challenges in the U.S. We'll take global applicants as long as they want to um, focus on the U.S. markets as a primary um, destination. So, um, so uh, we, yeah, we had we, we had a uh, international company join us for this program, and we, we expect to continue to have that as an opportunity. And you made a point of highlighting the diversity of the of the types of companies, the CEOs even that participated here? We're, we're proud of that outcome. And I, I'll say that it wasn't just, um, it, it, so So the, the process of getting there is I think the most interesting part and something I, I really like to highlight, especially in, in uh, my long career in, as an ally. Uh, and and that's, the, that's the role I, I, I like to play in uh, supporting diverse founders. And I do it in, in part because uh, you know grew up that way, but then in part because um, it, you know selfishly it's the right way to invest because it turns out that talent is equally distributed even if opportunity isn't. So anyone who's investing disproportionately in uh, a demographic cluster um, is, is absolutely missing the boat of a big big opportunity set. And and I have believed that my entire career. And then you know TechStars leans into that uh, strongly. But so we did this by way of process, not by way of design of, hey, we want X percent or whatever. And then the outcome proves that the process is right. But the process is simply run a transparent, inclusive, equitable process where, where everyone goes through the same thing and is judged on their merits. And, and, and it's, uh, you know, in a known set of criteria. And, and it turns out that the people who are working on challenges uh, and succeed, successfully doing so, often are the people who are seeing those challenges. And guess what? That, you know, in the longevity category, that's going to be, uh, you know, diverse founders, uh, women, older adults are solving these. And, and 
and so it's not just uh, gender and race, but but age is is one of the isms in the venture world too. There's you know famous quotes out that oh no successful founder starts you know after the age 32, and it's like well our 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 class age the average age of the CEOs was 50, um, which is uh, you know I think record setting within tech stars, but also just um, not the conventional wisdom in venture. 50% of the founders were women. 70% of them come from are self-identified as being from groups that are traditionally underrepresented as uh, founders in venture tech. And that's all, and, and they were the, the absolute best of our applicants. And so we are delighted that the outcome of a good inclusive process is a diverse class. And that proved out to be so, so helpful in running the program too. We had wonderful, wonderful discussions and viewpoints uh, internally among the class. And that class is uh, bonded in a way that they will be uh, uh, both uh, personal and business friends for life with one another. Where's the best place for people to go for more info, Keith? Uh, well, so our website, at tech, you know, the Techstars Future Longevity website, um, and, and, uh, and and then the demo day video, I think, would be a, a great place. And then uh, follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter. This is really exciting. I mean, your leadership is spectacular. The team there is great. The mentors are wonderful. And it's really advancing the innovation very rapidly. It's almost like a university group that has a cohort, only better because they're going to stay colleagues forever as they build the businesses and, and really learn how to go to market because a lot of your mentors are pretty seasoned in knowing what channels are open, what government programs they need to be affiliated with, and they can just get there a lot faster. And I love the diversity because caregiving has an impact on diverse populations. And why not support that effort, right? No, I appreciate it. And absolutely. It's, uh, you know, I looked at the mentor list and I, I told the companies right before we were kicking off these speed dating sessions that I was actually jealous of them that they get to spend their next three weeks meeting with all these people because it's just a it's just a who's who that if, and these are, I mean, and so there's just such a latent demand for people who want to give back to the category after having successful careers while still having successful careers. And the case you mentioned Carrie for an example, for it. So it's so like Carrie as an example, she was past the accelerator stage with her own business, as you know, and she came like saying, Oh, I'd like to be part of that kind of an ecosystem. How can I get involved? I'm like, well, hey, you want to mentor and what an asset, right? And so we've got a lot of people like that who are involved and um, it's uh, yeah, it's a blast. I mean, if you, if you enjoy supporting entrepreneurship, this is just a fun, fun, uh, way to do it. And I think we'll have a massive impact on the category over time. And that's what, and that's really what Pivotal is all about. I mean, they're, they're looking to unstop, you know, to uh, uh, start making progress and, and catalyze progress in areas where it's stalled. And, and that's why their, their support and just giving the uh, recognition and the capital to let us be able to do this is so, so helpful to getting it unstuck for so many founders. We're hoping to cover the deal of Mackenzie Bezos, who just gave $8 million to NCOA. So of course, we love to see these women leaders investing in the future and in the future of aging. So uh, we look forward to learning more about your next group and we'll spread the word about this. So thanks so much, uh, Fred. Congratulations, Keith, to you and Pivotal Ventures on the work you're doing. And thank you so much for taking the time with us. My pleasure. Thank you. And thanks for your leadership in the category. I appreciate it. Mary, Pivotal Ventures, the other part of the equation here, is an investment and incubation company created by Melinda French Gates to advance social progress in the United States. 
And the person there leading the caregiving strategy is Jennifer Steibel. So hi, Jennifer. So glad to have you with us today. Hi, Mary. Hi, Fred. Thanks for having me. We'd love to learn more about the work you're doing there and what led to the future of longevity program with Techstars. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so to kind of set the scene or take a step back, the caregiving system in this country is broken and it has been for a long time. Uh, this isn't a symptom of the pandemic. This has actually been happening for many years, yet the pandemic shone a light on vulnerable populations and made the crisis more urgent. And uh, now seeing innovators and investors and policymakers really addressing this issue uh, and, and taking this on. We need to rebuild the care system in a way that makes it accessible and affordable to all families. And that includes the full spectrum of care. So including child care, child care and long-term care. So Pivotal Ventures, as you mentioned, we're looking to remove the barriers that hold people back. So we do that through investments, through advocacy, and through partnerships like the one we have with Techstars. And we support, support both nonprofit and private sector companies and leaders to pursue greater equality in the US. So to date, our biggest goal has been to accelerate women's power and influence in the US. And when we look at the barriers holding women back, unpaid caregiving very quickly rises to the top of that list. Caregiving responsibilities disproportionately fall to women and negatively impact their participation in the workforce and elsewhere in society. And we're really seeing that play out. Over the past two years alone, we've seen that women in the civilian labor force has shrunk by 830,000, where men's participation has grown. And we don't think that caregiving should be a choice between a paycheck and caring for your loved ones. So as we look at our work in caregiving, we look across the care spectrum, we look with a focus on innovation, how do we change the system, and we focus on three pillars. So the first is policy innovation, second is market innovation, and the third is uh, market investment. When we think about policy innovation, first, Pivotal has been focused for a long time on passing a national paid leave policy. This is something we know works. It, is active in every other developed country in the world. We're the only ones without one. But beyond this, what are the new policies that we should be testing at a state and local level to really move the needle on care? And market investment, we look at how do we crowd in new sources of capital into this space and shine the light on a, the huge market opportunity that we see in care. We're already seeing a ton of movement here. So we're seeing new funds emerge that are dedicated to care and blue chip VCs who are actively investing in this space. And then the third pillar is market innovation. And that's really about every other aspect of our lives has been changed by technology, yet how we care for one another has remained largely stagnant. So we're looking to grow that innovation pipeline and create a marketplace where Americans have more solutions and better solutions available to them. So we're looking at startups like Kanumi and Vivo. How do we get the brightest minds like Chikisha and Eric focused on this space? And this is really where the partnership with Techstars fits in. Well, you've mentioned them already, so we're really happy to have with us a couple of the companies. 
that were a part of the most recent class of startups. From Kanumi, the founder and CEO, Chakisha Kidd. Hi, Chakisha. Hi, Fred. How are you? Hi, Mary. And from Vivo, founder and CEO, Eric Levitan. Hi, Eric. Hey, Fred, Mary. Great to see you both again. Yes, it's great to have you with us. And um, Chakisha, tell us your story and what inspired you to create the company. What does it do? And uh, what was your experience in the uh, Techstars Longevity Lab? Well, I'll start with the last question first, because Techstars was an amazing experience. It was one where you're hesitating when you're a co-founder or a founder of a company and it's your baby and you're giving up a little piece of that equity, but you're hoping that the resources and the and all the support that you're going to get are worth it. And I can unequivocally say that the Techstars Future of Longevity program was well worth it. Um, and we were just talking, Eric and I were just talking about how how much work we were able to get done. It's truly an accelerator. It's like a year's worth of work in 13 weeks. Um, but Jennifer actually talked a little bit about why I'm here and why I'm an entrepreneur at this point. I've always been a corporate person. I was an investment banker for almost 10 years before becoming a PL leader within a health insurance company. Um, but I actually had that personal impact. I was one of the 44 million unpaid caregivers um, that was in the marketplace that was actually being pulled away from my job. And, and I was part of that lost productivity figure of $32 billion every year. Um, and I was in a situation where I was in a great position. I had recently been promoted and family tragedy took me away from that with the loss of my father. And I had to become a full-time caregiver to my mom as she transitioned. Our company is a little bit different. What Kanumi does is we provide licensed healthcare professionals as care concierges to older adults who are active agers. So folks that really want to stay socially engaged, stay independent as long as possible. And we're focused on early intervention and increased longevity. And these are people like my mom. So I actually am selfish in that I created a solution that is really for my mother um, because she's 81. She still plays competitive tennis. She drives. She lives independently. But she still needed support with some of the frustrating things of daily life, like coordinating her medical appointments around nutritionist care or for her diabetes or finding reputable vendors to help her around the house or things like preparing taxes or staying socially engaged. So our care concierge model does that with a relationship driven approach that's tech enabled for scalability, but the personal touch is what drives the stickiness and client engagement that we're able to achieve. And we're creating a solution that's an extension of the family. That's how we like to position ourselves. We're an extension of the family. Kanumi actually means kin for family, umi, which is a Japanese and Malawian word for service. Um, so we're here in service of families to support them through this journey and increase longevity. That's wonderful. And so many people can relate to your situation. What great background you brought to the startup. So Eric, tell us a little bit about Vivo. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start and kind of echo, uh, Chikisha said it really, really well, that Techstars was this amazing program that was, as a, as a former founder, uh, I, I wasn't sure if it was the right move, but boy, did it make a big difference in the maturity of our organization and, and helping us understand uh, the best way to have the greatest impact, which is what this is all about. And um, you can think about Vivo almost as a tool in the tool set for what Kanumi is doing. Um, we are an online fitness program for older adults that's really focused on building strength and mobility, but we do it in a very different way than what we're seeing today in the marketplace. What we see throughout the digital fitness world are video-based programs and live stream classes where you're really just an anonymous participant. 
Well, these are really effective tools if you're really self-motivated, if you're really knowledgeable, and if you have a pretty, you know, you're pretty much free of chronic issues and pain. Uh, unfortunately, most older adults uh, really struggle to have all three of those. And so what we really need and what we really see being successful in terms of not only having real outcomes, but having real engagement and adoption and behavioral change is we need other human beings as a part of this solution. And so much like what Chikisha is doing with Kanumi, we have a very similar model where we lever leverage technology to be able to meet people where they are, but we have a human being who's involved that's really driving the engagement and the adoption of this program. And so we meet in small groups online via Zoom, where it is a group up to eight people, where we have a live trainer who can see everybody. We're giving everybody individualized feedback. We're keeping them safe. We're correcting form. We're making sure they're challenged. We're adapting exercises for their specific level. And at the same time, we're creating social engagement and a sense of community, and that is driving engagement and retention. And what we're seeing is a really, really profound impact in someone's life. Because if you think about it, mobility is that first domino in, in the series of things that happen. As soon as we start to lose our mobility and our strength, and our independence, that's when we create this burden on, on the care economy and we require money being spent for expenses. We require other individuals to come in and help begin to facilitate um, this transition in your life. If we can just focus on the preventative nature of what's out there and look, we all lose muscle mass as we age. It's one of the most significant things that happens to every person on this planet. And there is not enough awareness around that. And there's not enough online programming to make accessible for people to help guide them through this so they can maintain their independence and maintain their strength. I first met Melinda when she was Melinda French and, uh, and I was at SeniorNet and um, Mrs. Gates had breast cancer and we had a breast cancer forum. And I really have marveled watching her career and the relationships she's developed. So when you think of Pivotal, Jennifer, there's a lot of relationships Pivotal brings to the table. And when you think of Techstars and Keith, there's a lot of relationships they bring to the table. So can you talk a little bit about that network of relationships? Because it's an open sesame for the entrepreneurs to tap into, right? That's the hope. I think one of the, the big strengths is bringing that network both from Pivotal and Techstars together. And it's a great partnership. And I think we're able to, to bring a, a broader purview of experts in this specific space to help support these companies in the ways that they need. And the process of selecting which of these startups to work with, that has to be daunting because we, we, we hear and, and see so, so many and Tell us how that process worked and, and maybe why, what, what stood out with these two in particular who are with us here? Well, we're fortunate to have a lot of companies to choose from, and it was very difficult to, to really ultimately narrow it down. But we're looking at the, the founder first. I think in early stage companies, you really are looking at the founder and the team and can this, can this team really go the distance? Looking at the idea, how does it really change the market? Is it iterative or does it really take a big swing and do something different? Um, and, and really looking at their traction. Do they have users who love them? Uh, and so it, it's really been, uh, it's a quite a process to, to get them through. And these two in particular certainly stood out and it's been amazing to watch the progress over 13 weeks to see where the pitches begin when they're going through the process and just the incredible progress, refinement, 
uh, that happens during the course of the program. So do you have some words of wisdom for others who might think about applying to Techstars? I think, you know, you could look at Yale, Harvard, get an MBA, but this 13 weeks is quite precious. And uh, Keith said even deals happened among the group that was in the cohort. Well, that's, that's the probably, founders can tell me more about that. Yeah, that. That's one of the things I'm most excited about. And and even being a part of, of Chikisha's universe for the last 13 weeks was, was an honor and a privilege uh, because you do, you learn so much about what these other companies are doing. And I think one of the wonderful things that Techstars is doing is it is encouraging that kind of collaboration. And one of the things I continue to see uh, specifically in this industry is everyone's struggling with the same issues and really trying to go it alone. And there needs to be more collaboration. There needs to be more partnerships and alignment because we are all working towards improving the lives of older adults in, in slightly different ways that will work way better if we work together. And so in a very specific example, uh, you know, what Chikisha is doing, I think is a natural extension from what we're doing uh, to be again, that kind of uh, an additional asset for her to be able to talk to her customers about how to maintain your independence, how to maintain your mobility, and what a great opportunity for me to bring to my customers to let them know about her service. Yeah, I mean, it's been amazing. So as Eric mentioned, we've already started having conversations around strategic partnerships, because what we do is we are a coordinator of care, but we're not the delivery service for that care. And so we need folks like Vivo, because as my mom's always told me, you have to keep moving, right? If you want to live a long time, you have to keep moving. So that fitness nutrition aspect is something that we've already seen in our early users as a frequent flyer in terms of service requests. So a partnership with Vivo makes all the sense in the world. And we've been able to cultivate those types of partnerships and collaborations through the program. So we have the ability to interact with other founders, learn from each other as we're looking at digital marketing campaigns, messaging, um, B2B strategy, but also leveraging the folks like Jennifer who are amazingly mentors. We created an entire B2B strategy with the support of our mentors because we recognized, as Jennifer mentioned earlier, that lost productivity is a huge issue with relation to caregiving. And it's not just caregiving of children, it's caregiving of older adults as well. So we have 68% of employees saying that they are taking some form of work accommodation to care for older adults or loved ones who are over the age of 50, but there's no real services or benefits related to that. And that's what we're trying to de develop at Kanumi um, through our pilot partnerships. But it's with the support of folks like Vivo and Eric's company that are gonna make that reality um, come true. Any thoughts that you can share about how to deal with the employment crisis that's going on and, and the way you've been able to navigate around that? Yeah, one of the things we're in early conversations with five pilot partners right now, three of which are employer groups, and we're having that exact question um, banter back and forth between us. What they're really looking to do is increase the level of employee engagement. And you can't have an engaged employee if they're distracted with day-to-day -day caregiving services that they're trying to provide for their loved ones. So how can we create tools and resources to be supportive of them in a way that actually drives utilization? It's actually the complete opposite of how they've looked at other voluntary benefits, where you want to keep utilization low so folks can make money. This is not that. They wanna drive increased utilization. So you need to design benefits that really meet employees where they are so that you have increased utilization, which will directly lead to increased productivity because they're not distracted or disengaged because they have other caregiving duties. 
And of Eric? course, with COVID, there's a whole change in the workforce. And we see it in San Francisco, we see it in other cities, um, where getting people to commit to their workplace. So having these kind of benefits is really important. The boomers are 76 this year at the low end, and in 10 years, they'll be 86. So there's spousal caregiving, there's parental caregiving. Um, so this is very inspiring work. I am thrilled to have you on our show today. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna let Eric take a crack at that last question too, before, before we go into a, a wrap up here. Well, and it was actually an excellent segue by Mary, because that's that's exactly what we're seeing is, is combining what Shakisha just said with what Mary said is you do want to increase employee engagement. That's such a critical part of the benefits that we can provide as an organization to our employee base. But the fact that so many people are at home, it's that much harder to create engagement. And that's where we get excited from a Vivo perspective, because we can actually meet people where they are. And it's not just about keeping them healthy, which is certainly a big part of what we're doing, but it's actually developing community. And so if you're with a company that has a remotely dispersed, uh, geographically dispersed workforce, but you can bring them together for shared experiences twice a week to exercise together, an amazing thing happens. Not only do you get the social engagement of the shared experience, but exercise in particular releases endorphins. So by the time you're done with this session, you feel good. And when you do something that makes you feel good with other people, you tend to have more positive feelings about the people you're doing that with. And so there's something really profound about tapping into that kind of experience that we're certainly looking to, uh, to provide to employers. Jennifer, from your perspective, I, I suppose it may not be that difficult to, to attract people to, to work with you, given that people want to do things perhaps that are worthwhile, that are rewarding. Sure. So we work with partners really across the spectrum. We like to have flexible capital. So some of our partners are nonprofits. Some of them are uh, venture investments or funds or for-profit corporations. And we're able to, uh, to really empower them to do the work. They're the ones doing the work on the ground. We want to make sure that we are setting them up for success. And we like to have these long-term partnerships and that are true partnerships where uh, we're able to continue this dialogue, remain flexible when things change, for example, during COVID uh, and understanding the kind of external uh, pressures that might change the initial vision, uh, but really looking to move the needle on women's power and influence. And then certainly within the caregiving spectrum, how can we work together to change the system? Well, thank you. That was so inspiring. Congratulations on all your good work. We're here to help in any way. Well, we really appreciate all of you spending time with us. Congratulations on the success. Don't forget, you can find us, What's Next Longevity Deal Talk, along with our other podcast, What's Next Living Longer, Better, Smarter, at maryfurlong.com slash podcasts. This edition was made possible by the What's Next Longevity Venture Summit, taking place in June. Thank you for watching or listening.